What's good, everybody? Ball, don't lie, Australia. Episode 83. Coming straight to your eardrums. I'm your host, Dan Ellen. Joining me as he does every Thursday for the show is Mal Crawford. The big dog. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, good, mate. And quite weird that as we speak, you're probably on an aeroplane. So glad this is... Getting We're close. transmitting from your plane to the studio. Mm, yeah, just pulling back the uh, veneer of magic that is broadcasting. Yes, yes. Um, we'll get to that a bit later in the show, in fact, right mm-hmm. at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, look, mate, quite a bit on the docket in what was looking like a slow week. But we've got a signing in the NBL, one very close to home. Mm-hmm. Got quite a few signings in WNBL. Mm. Most rosters are... Nearing completion there. Yep, yep, yep. And in the NBA, big trade went down. Yeah. A player we most certainly, along with literally everyone else in the media, predicted mm-hmm. to a team that absolutely nobody predicted. We'll break that down in depth a bit later. Yeah, with a cheeky Celtics connection that I kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Randomly. boy. Cannot wait. Um, but look, I thought I'd... Start off with a bit of a, a new segment. Just let it breathe, see how it goes. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to do a bit of on this day oh. in the NBA. Oh, okay, right. Now, depending on what happened on this specific day, I'm just going to go in the, the week of our podcast and <laughs> pluck something out that, that works. Um, luckily, as we record today on September 6th, A certain player, Kevin Willis, was born in 1962. This stood out to me because his alter egos or nicknames on basketball reference, Devo or Devo, Fresh, T-Rex, my favourite one, Big Smoothie, Mm. and Motown. Average 12 and 8 on his career. His peak year, of course, 91-92. He was an all-star with the Hawks. Averaging 18 and 15, and then did get his ring in 2003 with the Spurs. So, happy birthday uh, for a couple days ago. If, yeah. He'd be listening. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, There was another player born today, though, Mel, and it's not on our notes, which is why I didn't quiz you on this first one. Good stuff. So I'm going to flip the old crackums on you here and Uh see Uh how many hints it takes for you to get this person. 42. (laughs) Strangely enough, no, it's got nothing to do with the number 42. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, so another player who was born not in that year but on September 6th is a guard. That narrows it down. A guard. Yep. Currently in the league. Chris Paul. No. It's a guard. I, I, am I just going to sit here while you guess every guard in the league? Hey. Next you, next hint. You said it was a crack and flip them and you always pop off. Jar. There you go. Oh, sorry. That was a reflex. Yep. yep. Oh, you said crack him. Sorry. Um, all right. So he's, he's a guard. He is in the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. He is a multiple-time all-star. I'm no, I'm. I'm just thinking, like, if you gave me this next clue f- 
straight up, I would have guessed him straight away. No further information. Mm-hmm. Not sure. Like you might, but I, I don't know because I, I never know. Yeah. Uh, he's very well known for a dance move called the Dougie. Yeah, because that's in my wheelhouse of knowledge. Isn't okay, okay. It? Like, like if you opened with that, trivia done. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I would never open. Okay, with that. okay. Um, okay, I'll, I'll start giving you some easy ones. I'm not going to spend an hour on this. <laughs> he is one half of the immovable contracts in the NBA that were moved for each other. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he absolute blank. He was in an all-star backcourt in the East before joining the West. Yeah, you're gonna have to give me a team, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he wears number two. He was known for number two. Not sure if he's announced that with the new team he's playing for this year. Along well, in LA. Ah, ah, yep. He was very, very fast and very athletic, but injuries have derailed him. He was sent home for a season, (laughs) and uh, his other backcourt partner that he played with in the East is still signing big contracts for the team and playing on his own. Yep. Let's just say uh, you're surrounded by four of these. Oh, John Wall. John Wall. Holy hell. I want no chirp from you in Crackham later today. (laughs) No chirp whatsoever. (laughs) Uh, And for anyone out there that DMs are saying, I'm rubbish at Crackham, please let me know how you thought that segment went. Well, pretty horribly, but, you know, when you said player, I was thinking someone I've seen play lately. And, and look, in all fairness, it's maybe it's a reflection on my hints. Maybe my hints aren't good enough. Maybe. Maybe. You literally had – you could have just said trivia, Dougie, and I would have gone, John Wall. Would have just needed the one. Right. <laughs> and you could have said uh, – Oh, brother keeps a roof up. There you go. Would have got that because I got a brother named John and walls keep a roof up. But, you know, anyway, anyway. All right. So that segment's here to stay. Loving that. Uh, look, it's not always going to be birthdays. You might look into certain series wins or big performances on this day. We'll mix it up. I, I, it's a thing. It's a thing. Well, next time, let's be a bit more specific when we say things like player. We're going to throw words like that out there. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next person I'm thinking of, his name rhymes with Schmon Call. Is that what you want me to do? <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, no. And he does the Dougie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, NBL, very quickly here. Mm-hmm. Brisbane Bullets have completed their roster. They have brought in an experienced G League player, who has played in the NBL before with the Phoenix. He's played in the New Zealand NBL, getting buckets, and most recently taking out the NBL 1 West MVP and finals MVP in the West uh, for the Rockingham Flames, averaging 27, 
five boards, three assists, two steals for the season is Devondrick Walker. Mm. Uh, another wing. Uh, so Bullets adding some more depth here. Uh, definitely to a position they needed to, and it's something we'd addressed on the show. So and hey, we I think it's a good signing. We love wings. So oh, yeah. Flats for days. Mm-mm. Disagree on that, but that's okay. Oh, drummy, drummy boy over here. Yeah, yeah, totally. But that, if anything, that works. Like you know, for us, for us as a pairing, that works. <laughs> well, there is generally more flats than drummies, so which is weird when you think about it. Yeah, should be just equal, right? Shouldn't at all, mate. Shouldn't at all. So six-five wing. He shot 50% from the field. Um, that was in NBA One West. Mm-hmm. Looking back at his career averages that I could dig up, not super reliable from three. A lot of mid to high 20 percenters. So, yeah. Um, hey, yeah, that, look. That's a higher clip than I shoot, mate. Walking bucket, but not exactly a shooter. So... You know, will the pairing of he and DJ Mitchell work in that capacity? We'll wait and see. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a big that holds a, a record in the NBA for shooting threes, so who knows? Yeah, yeah. Baines is going to stretch the floor. <laughs> Let those two go to work. Well, We know Sobes can shoot. Mm-hmm. Tyler Johnson can shoot. So mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Kadee can shoot from anywhere past halfway mm-hmm. and beyond. And uh, look. We good. Krebs, Krebs can in the NBL one, has done this season. So hopefully he brings that um, up with him this year. All right, perfect. Well, looking forward to seeing the Bullets. Preseason action is coming up. Um, looking forward to it now. Yeah, should be great. Jumping over to WNBL now, a few, few little signings have gone down, some new faces and some familiar faces in places. As they say, you know. Right, Dr. Zeus. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, first up, Canberra. They've had quite a few players heading out, as we've spoken about throughout the offseason. Yep. One coming in, WNBA rookie Ray Burrell, uh, coming over from the Sparks in LA. Now, all I can say is, is a certain, she wears number 12, played in Tennessee for college. And you know me, I love any baller that plays in Tennessee and wears number 12. So, certified baller, Ray Burrell. Dandon Allen's stamp of approval. Well, that means a lot. <laughs> Big 12, baby. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, I did see the um, – I was actually a little bit disappointed in the, the Capitals put out a, <clears throat> uh, a picture this week of uh, – was it – Jade Melbourne and you know, a couple of their other players, including friend of the show, Brit Smart. But it was bigger, better. And I just, I don't know, maybe it's the dad in me, just wanted to put smarter at the end because they've got Brit Smart. Mm. I don't know. But bigger, better, smarter? Ah, I think you missed an opportunity there, Capitals. Come on, come on. Yeah. Um, so their average height went up or? Must have. <laughs> it's the only logical conclusion And their IQ obviously as well Throwing, throwing shade at ex-players Woo. Mm. Woo. Mm. <laughs> uh, Oh well, they left <laughs> <laughs> Definitely no team is better without Abby Cabillo 
I Correct. refuse to believe that. Correct. All right. Um, now, some re-signings. Friend of the show, shout out, Meg McKay and cross-code superstar. We need to get her on the show sometime. Mm-hmm. Tessa Levy. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we would absolutely love to have her on the show. Um, and then also, kind of a new face... Well, it's a familiar face in a new place, kind of. <laughs> Stick with me here. Alicia Froling, uh, who's just taken out the NBL One South MVP, is returning to Bendigo mm-hmm. after a year with Canberra. So nice little pickup there for Bendigo. Their roster, I think, is rounding out quite nicely mm. around the uh, reigning MVP out there. So keep an eye out for Bendigo, uh, along with every other team, it seems. <coughs> yeah, it's well, going to be exciting. It seems to be WNBL signing season uh, mm. at the moment, which is great. Aussie basketball. Obviously uh, watch out stronger. for our fire. That's, you know, good o- thing. Always watch out for fire. Mm. 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 Um, now, speaking of WNBL, if you haven't already, uh, we've shared it on our socials, uh, but you can follow uh, – the Insta page for an upcoming documentary called Sidelined. Um, and this is a great four-part series about many themes uh, in women's basketball. I don't want to give too much away because, as you've seen in the thumbnail, we've got some guests about to join the show. Mm-hmm. And I think we'd much rather hear from them what this is about rather than hear from me. Um, I know you definitely would agree with that, Mel. Totally. All right, so let's punch in those digits and get them on the line right now. At the Capitals, does the ball ever lie, Steph? Never, ever. And here they are, everybody. We have two special guests this week. First up, the producer of Sidelined, the fight for equality in women's basketball, Adam McKay, joining him. And we're so thankful for this, is reigning WNBL champion and... 2022 Melbourne Boomers Players Player, Izzy Wright. Uh, thanks so much to both of you for joining us this week. Thanks for having us. What an intro. He does what he can. You know. <laughs> no, we're really excited uh, to have you on. We were talking off air. Uh, really looking forward to this upcoming documentary. So here we are this week to discuss some of the finer details and uh, see what Juicy stories we can squeeze out of you too. Uh, we'll see how we go. All right, all right, we'll see. We'll <laughs> we know see there's we a give up. we know there's a few characters in the camp, so um, yeah, we'd love to know things you can share. Um, so, first question is going to be for you, Adam. Uh, yep. So, obviously, this documentary is exploring quite a few different aspects uh, here. Uh, which we will get to very soon. Um, but first of all, could you kick things off here, just talking about a bit of your background and any of your earlier projects that you've worked on? My background? Well, um, first thing to know, I guess, is this is my first um, full-length documentary piece. So this has been like a massive, I guess, goal of mine and, and um, you know, learning experience throughout the past sort of 12, you know, sort of 15 months um, during this process. Um, before that worked, you know, doing, I mean, these days, if you're good on a camera, you're doing content, right? So doing, Mm. um, you know, photography and then getting more seriously into video and, 
basically just making people's uh, social media dreams come true um, and just content, 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 feeding the beast, which I, I like. I think you can find some meaningful work within that. But um, at the end of the day, I really wanted to do something longer form, um, you know, with more storytelling and not just, you know, in a world where things are going shorter um, and apparently people don't pay attention on, on their phones for more than 15 seconds. Um, I wanted to try and you know, sort of move in the opposite direction and get into something with a bit more substance and depth. And um, yeah, or, you know, year and a bit onwards, we're at the other end of that with uh, with sideline. So awesome. And fun. now with the fifteen seconds on the phone thing, just want to just want to go back there. Um, do you mean on one thing on their phone? Because as a high school teacher, I can confirm they spend a lot longer than fifteen seconds on their phones. Oh, on one thing on their phone, I'm, I'm yeah. sure they're. I reckon they're probably on their phone for 23 hours a day, but within those 23 <laughs> hours, they're probably looking at what's uh, how many 15 seconds go into 23 hours, you know? But um, yeah, look, you know, the world in content is is moving shorter and the shorter it goes, like, you know, a couple of years ago, um, it was, you know, like say on Instagram, it was 60 seconds for a video, mm. you know? 60 seconds is not a lot, but at least you can try to sort of you know tell some semblance of a story in that time you know whereas now it's just like what quick hitting just look at me give me attention give me attention here's a cool transition here's some i don't know don't don't get me wound up because i'll, I'll go forever <laughs> kind of um, yeah kind of takes me back to like i didn't want to yeah I'm, I'm not a very very trendy person as you can tell so <laughs> all right no there's dan don't worry <laughs> takes me back to like the vine days um for those it as old as me out Ooh, there that remember Vine. Six, six <laughs> seconds? Yeah, yeah. Do you, you got six Vine, seconds, get famous. <laughs> Izzy, did you have a Vine? No, I never got around it. I don't even actually know what it is. <laughs> it's all right, don't feel bad. Social media game. It was only around for about six seconds too. <laughs> it felt like anyway. Yeah. Uh, another question for you, Adam, while we're, while we're in it. Um, before we get to the meat and potatoes of the of the whole thing, what led to you choosing um, the Boomers, the the longest running professional women's sport team? Um, and was there any specific reason you you created this? You know, you went down this exact road. Yeah. Oh no. Look, I'd I'd had some relationships with the Boomers um, through you know sort of previous work, and you know got out to games where I could, and was just really supportive. Um, you know, of the team from, from a, not afar, I guess, but, you know, like from the outside um, and just really thought they were a, a pretty, you know, well-run organisation um, of a basketball tragic. So, um, you know, women's game, men's game, you know, whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll watch anything as, as long as it's uh, entertaining and yeah, really loved what the boomers were doing. So, um, you know, what you touched on there, the longest running, you know, professional sporting club in in all of Australia so female you know professional sporting club in all of Australia that's it's kind of huge so um yeah look you know I, I started working with them post um COVID in a video role doing some academy videos for them and you know sort of got to know each other in that capacity a little bit better um and you know I'd sort of been wanting to do a project like this as I mentioned you know longer form broadcast storytelling and um yeah, you know, Christy, the general manager at the time, you know, just kept pumping it up, just telling anyone who'd listen, and me included, just um, how pivotal this this season coming up was. So, yeah, the two things sort of, you know, met in my mind in terms of, you know, looking for a story and 
being impressed with the boomers already and and loving you know sort of the I guess the mission you know and, and sense of purpose and and substance you know behind it being you know women's sport um and yeah one thing led to another and and things got pretty serious pretty quickly so um yeah, I couldn't imagine doing it with another organization. Um, there's plenty doing great stuff out there, but you know, the people, the way it's run, I mean, I'll stop at the people. It's just for people at the end of the day, it's, um, it's great people, you know, doing really good things and they've been nothing but supportive. And, um, you know, uh, someone, I think Izzy asked me the other day, am I sick of watching them after spending, you know, so many months just on a computer editing and putting this thing together. And I'm, I'm still not, I still think they're incredible. And, um, you know, that's a testament to um, to the kind of caliber of people. And I haven't even mentioned how good they are at basketball, you know. So, um, yeah, boomers, good choice. Very good. happy. Sounds like you're just a basketball sicko at heart. Sounds great. And this that. <laughs> All right. Well, look, we might swing to Izzy here. Um, so anyone who's seen the advertising or um, has looked into uh, this documentary sort of can see the themes that are going to be involved there, but... Izzy, from a player's perspective that was, you know, obviously heavily involved in um, this production, what what can the viewer expect to see from this series? Um, I think they can see some really incredible athletes, some really incredible female athletes. Um, aside, they see an insight to what we go through on a daily basis, the highs and the lows and the struggles that we have not only on the basketball court, but off the basketball court as well. And I think the most exciting thing for me, this um, documentary coming to life, is just putting to show how many great role models we have um, at the Boomers and not only great basketball players, but great people. Fantastic. Um, And Adam, was there anything you'd like to add to that from the producer's standpoint? Not really. I mean, Izzy just summed it up beautifully. There's obviously the, you know, the on the court struggles and that's what I would probably say is front facing, you know, that's um, what you see on the basketball court, the, the end product, but you know, the, the, the iceberg analogy is kind of cheesy, but it works here. You know, it's like mm-hmm. um, everything that you don't see, the unseen work, the training, the weights, the getting up at God knows, you know, what time to make it in um, everything in between. And that's not even, to talk about those off-court um, challenges, which are, you know, specific to athletes, but then the nuances of that, which are, um, you know, specific to female athletes. And arguably, actually probably not even arguably, objectively, um, you know, there is more, there is another layer that female athletes have to go through to, um, you know, to, to get on the court and do um, exactly the same thing as the men are doing. So, yeah, you know, definitely we wanted to tell a basketball story and the, the boomers, you know, delivered that on the basketball court. That was never in question. The product, you know, was was great. Um, it was really just more to spotlight and, and shine shine a light on those off-court, that, that unseen work and those off-court issues and to, to maybe give people just a, an understanding and a perspective that um, they may not have, have really, you know, had before. So, yeah, I think we we have achieved that and, you know, hopefully it's entertaining as well and, and we're able to sort of, I guess, you know, change people's minds on on certain topics when it comes to, uh, you know, women's sport and women's basketball. All right. Izzy, back to you. Um, obviously a big year for the Boomers. Don't want to give any spoilers away, but, you know, for those who weren't uh, 
uh, aren't big WNBL fans. Um, but what was it like? Like, obviously, you've played basketball at this level and you've not had a film crew following you around and the team and everything, and then, you know, you've done it with a film crew. What were some of those major, major differences? And when did it stop feeling a little bit awkward like you were being watched? Um, well, I remember the first meeting we had at the start of the season and Adam was there and he introduced himself and he said, um, you know, gave us the spiel of what, what he was going to be doing this season. And he said, remember really clearly, he said, you know, I'm not going to bring a training, I mean, bring a camera to training or bring a camera around until you guys feel comfortable. Um, I want you guys to get to know me and I want you to trust me. And, and that's exactly what he did. He just kind of hung around for a while. He got to be, you know, part of the team. And by the time he did bring his camera around, it was, you know, it didn't feel like he was intrusive at all or invasive. He was just there. He was like he was one of, one of the gals. So um, by the end of it, it really, you know, it, it, felt, it would have felt weird not having Adam around with his, his camera in our face in certain, certain parts of the day. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was, uh, we all felt very comfortable and I mean, it's a credit to Adam and his, uh, you know, ability to make us feel comfortable in front of the camera, um, especially for certain people like me where, you know, the start of the season, when we heard it was going to be a documentary, I was like, oh no, here we go. This is going to be awful. But uh, no, nah, it was, it was great to have him there. And I'm just really excited to see the, um, the end product on, on TV. Nice. So done, done professionally. It doesn't feel awkward. There you go. Heard it here first. <laughs> uh, um, I guess follow-up question for that. Was there, um, Adam, maybe this one's for you. Was there like a uh, Big Brother-style room where players could go and sit individually and like complain about each other or chat about what was going on? A little uh, confessional. <laughs> yeah. Little yeah. That's a great idea, and if you have a time machine, maybe we can go back to June 2021 and, and build one because um, that's a great idea. I think Izzy, Izzy would let off in that and um, <laughs> would have some gold. But uh, no, I didn't didn't have any confessionals, but we did have a lot of great um, you know great interviews where you know the cast um, were able to sit down with me for you know at length for quite a period of time and, and go through through everything um, in my hot seat and. Um, you know, I think that was really important because we, you know, we weren't going to have a, a Morgan Freeman or a David Attenborough, you know, voiceover or narration. Um, it was going to be the players, you know, telling their story in their own words, you know. Um, and I, I feel really, you know, sort of like humble that everyone was so giving of their time and, you know, so open as well because it it's not easy, you know, to share so much of yourself and, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, they're very like self-effacing and very, um, you know, humble people. Um, you know, there's a few gregarious ones on the team and big personalities, but, um, you know, they're just all like just sweet, sweet people at heart and, um, you know, would rather sort of pump up other people rather than talk about themselves. So to, to have them, yeah, sit down and I guess sort of, you know, pour, pour their hearts out or, you know, think um, intellectually about, you know, some things and everything running the whole spectrum in between. Yeah, it meant a lot to me and, and meant that we were able to, as I said, just make sure that it was for players' story told in, in their words. But a confessional is a great idea. And for season two, no, nah, there's no season two. <laughs> Jump across to Bendigo for that one, maybe. No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Shots fired, love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got a namesake over there. A surnamesake, I guess. Um, oh, Megan, Megan McKay. Yes, friend of the show, shout out. <laughs> Is she? Nah, Bendigo are great. And I'll say this as well, um, you know, I, I think for us it was, um, I mean, it means a lot for Rizzi to say, you know, it was, was one of a team and, you know, part of the furniture. I mean, you know, I, I think Guy, our, our head coach, um, you know, said um, it came out a bit weird, but uh, it meant a lot to me. He goes, oh, mate, you're invisible. You know, like we just didn't mm. notice you. And, you know, for a lot of people that would be offensive. But for me, that's probably the biggest compliment you could pay me, you know. So um, yeah, I didn't even need to hide behind pot plants or, you know, um, put on camouflage. Like I could just be around and, and be obtrusive, but also not, you know, feel like I was overstepping the line. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, it, it is a boomer story. The boomers are the subject matter. But, you know, the 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 topics for themes, the experiences of the players are not specifically boomers, you know, um, Bendigo spirit, um, you know, really great organization, um, new ownership coming in. We can't wait to see what they do. And, you know, there's so many teams over there, um, you know, Canberra capitals really admire what they do. Um, you know, Perth for sure. Towns, well, the list goes on. There's so many great, you know, um, examples of, of, women playing basketball at the high, high, highest level all around the WNBL. So I think, you know, it was about the boomers, but at the end of the day, I think um, whether you're a boomers fan or a spirit fan or whoever, um, yeah, I think you can get a lot out of this. It's not, you know, limited to, to one team. So shout out all the teams because they're doing a lot with a little. I think we can all, you know, yeah. uh, understand just how under-resourced a lot of these teams are. So I love firing shots because I definitely feel like I'm part of the boomers, you know, um, family now. But, um, you know, I just, you know, look around the league and what people are doing with relatively little at their disposal. And, you know, it's just, a, um, you know, hats off to them. So that brings me to sort of like, what could they do if they had more to work with, you know? So mm. um, yeah, definitely don't just want to make it that the boomers win out of this. We want, you know, the whole league and and everyone in it to, um, you know, to to – to benefit yeah perfect and i i personally love the uh specific shout out to townsville in there our, our home-ish team here hey the orange Queensland. what is they're it? looking the orange, good orange man shout out to orange man <laughs> <laughs> hey that team's My looking guy. tough this year we're, we're pretty pumped for them um cow cowbells and orange man like the game day experience up in townsville is um is pretty cool oh yeah yeah Absolutely. Maybe I was just in a good mood because I'd just been hanging out on, on like palm tree <laughs> laden esplanades all day before the game. But um, I really enjoyed um, the experience up in Townsville. So, yeah, they do it well. Yeah, I saw after the game, I saw um, Adam riding around on a lime scooter. He was having a great time. <laughs> he was living. The orange man, lime That's scooter, is just having a yeah. citrusy time. Um, citrusy time. Now, at like to create this production that you've done uh obviously heavy amount of access was given and you've you've explained you know the process that led up to that uh you know with not having a camera around to start with and whatnot uh and you've also mentioned about some of the characters in amongst the group um here's the part of the interview where we try and prod you a little bit for some stories because I know there's one particular big character um, who is an Opal and has just played in the NBL One North up here who I think would, uh, you know, 
feature in a lot of funny stories. Uh, <laughs> but is there anything you're happy to, to share with, with us here this week? Uh, there is not a day goes by that Kayla George is not. <laughs> I didn't say the name. It's <laughs> not. I will. Um, is not creating a story. Like she is just, um, I don't know. Like when you wake up at like whatever time on a Monday morning and you've got to get to, um, actually I didn't practice on Monday. It's like Tuesday morning and you've got to get to practice at some, you know, stupid hour of the morning and you're kind of like, oh, okay. Um, you walk in and I don't know, like Kayla just made the energy and just made, made the vibe right. You know, just made sure everyone around her felt like she just has a lot of good energy and she shares it you know um so yeah she's just always putting herself out there which makes for a million funny moments throughout the season um but she's always just you know making sure everyone's feeling good making sure everyone's um you know in a, in a good space and, and that's just you know not even as someone from within the team but yeah i don't know izzy is there any any sort of uh kayla centric little uh anecdotes that doesn't have to be kayla there's, there's many other players <laughs> you'll have to tune in and watch the kayla show in front of the camera so there's plenty of plenty of treats in there for viewers what about a what about a player that we wouldn't be expecting it from like there's certain players we're expecting a lot of screen time and characteriness from but uh who's someone we wouldn't be expecting it from well i mean kayla you know um you know you know that it's going to be a lot there you know and um mm. she lived up to expectations and yeah it was it was such a great time whenever she was around um izzy from day one i sort of got got the sense that um yeah once you get to know her there's a bit of there's a bit of humor in there and just sort of watching her dry sort of humor and wit you know come out more and more was was really fun um so yeah shout out to izzy she won't shout herself out so someone's got to do it um so yeah that was that was great um someone didn't expect I don't know, like Tiffany Mitchell, mm. um, some of the stuff that came out of her mouth, Jesus. Um, <laughs> I, I would I would have to like just look at someone and go, did Tiff just say what I think she said? And, yeah, it's very inappropriate sometimes. But, um, <laughs> yeah, she's someone who sort of like just, just shocked me because she would just, you know, like just go about her business and every now and then you'll just hear something and just like, whoa, okay, where'd that come from? But... Yeah, Tiffany. I mean, also probably Guy as well. Guy Malloy, the head coach. Um, I was a bit scared of him going in. I thought he was going to be all, all like just grumpy um, and throw me out all the time. But didn't get thrown out once. I would have liked once actually. It would have been good. But um, and he was actually just a sweetheart, just a big, cuddly, soft teddy bear of a human who likes to make you think that he's a bit of a grump, but <laughs> fools nobody. So. Um, yeah, guy, if you get to hear this, appreciate you. And um, yeah, I think some of the guy, I don't know, it's probably when when Guy Malloy and Izzy Ryder are in the room, like there's no moisture in the air. It was just dry, just <laughs> dry as you'll ever, you can ever imagine. So plenty of personalities though. All righty, Izzy, um, back over to you now. Bit, bit more of a basketball question. So the team looks a little bit different for the upcoming season. Um, the couple of subtractions and additions, um, Ezzy and yourself coming out. Um, congratulations on the uh, amazing career, by the way. Um, and the addition of some uh, great talents in Mia Murray and Christy Wallace. It, it, will it um, alter the team 
team dynamic in a, in a huge way and how do you think, uh, just in a general sense, how do you think they'll, uh, they'll rebound in this next season? Um, I mean, well, I think, first of all, losing LA and Ezzy is a huge loss for the team. Um, they're both incredible players and incredible people. But mm. I think the, the newcomers the Boomers have are, you know, just as great of basketball players and calibre of people as well. So um, Boomers, I think, have always, well, since there's been a new ownership group in the last however many years that's been, I think they've always done an amazing job of um, recruiting not just great basketball players but great people and building a team around um, team culture. And I think that's also led a lot by the leaders of the team, so Kayla and and Tess as well. So, yeah, the team's going to be different. They obviously have a different coach with Chris Lucas coming in, Mm. but I have no doubt that they're going to be competing again for a championship or, you know, right up there. So um, it's exciting to see, you know, there's still a, a big group of the core coming back and then just a few really great additions. Um, I think the team's, you know, going to look really good and it's going to be exciting. And how do you think you'll feel uh, watching and, and not playing? Uh, I think I'll be very happy sitting in the front row drinking a beer, watching a game. <laughs> um, no, I think I – think, I'll be a little bit sad at times, mostly when there's like a little bit of banter on the uh, the sidelines or, um, you know, not feeling like I'm a part of it. But I, it was the right time for me to move on. So I'm no regrets in my decision. Won't miss those early Tuesday morning, uh, morning sessions then? No, no, I will not. <laughs> All right, perfect. Uh, look, We've reached the end of formalities here, so well done. We, we appreciate you both uh, giving the, our listeners a bit of an insight uh, what to expect here from Sidelined. Um, but before we go, um, we do like to hit our guests with uh, our fast five questions, which we might alternate between you two. Yep. Sure. Let's do it. All right. Uh, Adam. First of all, for you, uh, who would be your top five players of all time? Now, there can be – we normally open this up to men, women, uh, you know, from any time, EuroLeague, wherever. It could even be players you've played with or watched through the lens of a camera, um, anything you like. Uh, Kayla George, Ezzy Magbagor, Lindsay Allen, Tess Magin, <laughs> Tiffany Mitchell. Knocked it out of the park. Yep, well done. All right, Izzy, your favourite jersey number and why? Oh, um, number nine because that's my birthday, but I really am not superstitious. I couldn't care less. As long as I'm on a team, as long as I'm on, as long as I'm on a team, I'll take any number. Nice. All right, Adam, over to you. So let's, assuming, you know, the release of this goes absolutely bunter and Hollywood comes calling and they want to make the Adam McKay movie, um, who who are you casting to play Adam McKay? Um, how about the other Adam McKay, the other director Adam McKay? Because <laughs> I'm sick of getting hit up on Twitter every time that guy um, releases a movie. So I just use that as a premise just to meet him and um, and give him a noogie. You'll sub in the the second best producer named Adam McKay. 
Uh, yeah, I've got to I've got to try and link this on IMDb or something. I've got to get some benefit out of having this uh, <laughs> Adam McKay title. So um, yeah, if that means that more people go, Adam McKay made a documentary on women's basketball and they watch it, then I'm completely okay with that. Result. <laughs> All right, um, Izzy, you said you're not a superstitious person, not too worried about uh, jersey number. So we'll see how this one goes. Favorite kicks of all time? Oh, um, Nikes. <laughs> Anything Nike? <laughs> That's fair. Not a, not a paid partnership. <laughs> Still waiting for that elusive Andrew Gay's shoes answer, but well, maybe one day. Maybe one day. All right, Adam, back to you. Uh, if you could sit courtside for any game ever, what game would you go back to rewatch? Oh, I mean, look, it's probably going to be NBA. It's probably going to be NBA. It's probably going to be, um, I don't know, just to see like the the Jordan shot on Elo, you know, that Cavs game in person. I don't know. But even just like at the Garden when Reggie Miller was like just giving Spike Lee the business, like – if I've got a seat anywhere near Spike Lee, that would be fun. Um, you said one game. I gave you two. That's yeah. all right. That's all right. Twice the fun. Yep. I like Nikes too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all do. <laughs> all right. Um, look, last question. We'll let you both answer this one because um, it more helps us. So <laughs> we're a bit selfish that way. So your final question uh, before we get out of here is – who do you think Mal and I should feature on Board Don't Lie Australia next? But you got to hook us up. <laughs> All right. We've got to be realistic then, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it, your, it won't your... be a paid gig. So LeBron, LeBron's fine. L, LJ would be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get LJ at the moment, I don't think. But, uh, uh, apparently she's pretty busy. <laughs> you're, you're, the, you're the plug. Who, who should the boys feature? Um, I reckon Tony Hallam, the president of the Boomers, because he will just not shut up. (laughs) (laughs) He will just talk your ears off. We've had a couple of those on before. Perfect for a podcast. Yep, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) press record, leave the room and, um, yeah, just just say text me when you're done. Perfect. Tony Hallam, the executive producer of Sidelined, and um, yeah, it's really helped a lot in making this project um, not only happen, but actually, you know, sort of, re- yeah, be as big as it is. But um, I don't know, for me, like, have you, you guys haven't done Tessa Levy, have you? Uh, no, we would love yeah. to. Cross yeah, code to superstar. Tess- mm. Yeah, to have Tessa Levy on, and just, uh, I want to hear about the balancing act and the, um, yeah, just everything that comes with balancing AFLW and NBL, WNBL and mm. in, at the same time in parallel, like that's that's crazy, you know. So I just want to hear firsthand, you know, what that, that experience is like. Yeah. Aaron Phillips has been a long-term target for me as well, so we're, we're liking that space. Um, all right. Well, thanks so much to both of you uh, for joining us this week. We've had a great time discussing Sidelined. Uh, just again, for those listening, it's a four-part documentary. It'll be on SBS Viceland, but also the on-demand app. Uh, begins September 18th at 
uh, Eastern Time, and that will run through till October 9th. Uh, Adam, please correct me if I've got anything wrong there. That's spot on. Um, That's what yeah, we do. Just <laughs> on demand if you can't watch it. And we'll have a couple of other streaming um, partners to announce, you know, very soon. So you'll be able to engage with it um, in many different ways. And, yeah, just just follow us along, sidelinedoc.com or at sidelinedocs or sidelined doc on um on instagram and we'll if you're there then you'll know the news when uh when we can tell you so pretty exciting pretty yeah it's coming perfect can't wait well thanks again guys and we look forward to tuning in thanks thanks guys bull don't lie never does huge thank you again to uh, adam mckay and izzy wright shout out 100 percent friends of the show now forever locked in and you know as we talked about, you know, sideline, it's coming out. Get around it. Um, should be an absolute cracker story. Uh, really looking forward to it. And, look, being teachers, the, the time slot might be a bit difficult to watch live. Do my best. But, heck, having that available on possibly other streaming services and definitely SBS On Demand can watch it whenever you feel like it, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Yep. Removes uh, all excuses. Get around it. Yeah. Uh, so we're finished here locally um, for the moment. There'll be a big show about local basketball next week, but um, we'll cross that bridge when we reach it. Let's jump across to the big ditch because, as I mentioned at the top of the show, um, a trade that we all knew was coming mm-hmm, has arrived. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. However, the, uh, the second party involved, I didn't hear anyone bring them up you know, seriously, uh, as a serious contender. Yeah, it was fairly light conversations. And, and so, you know, you, unless you live under a rock or you're just not really a big NBA fan, you'll know the trade we're talking about. It's on the thumbnail as well. Donovan, Spider Mitchell is heading to Believe Land. The Cavaliers, they mm. are back. Yeah, right. Hmm. I've got this down, well, let's be honest here. Colin Sexton's the biggest winner out of all of this. Actually, no. I'm going to give him the second biggest winner. I'll tell you why. I originally had him as the biggest winner because from all or of no reports, no one was looking at signing him coming off of this big injury. Mm. And he's now got a four-year guaranteed deal. <laughs> so tick, 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 tick. Yep. Um, just thought, though. And, the, he, and he didn't do a Schroeder and just, no, 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 I'll, I'll wait till there's better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's just come to me, though. Mm-hmm. No one's discussed this, I don't think. No one that I've listened to. Biggest winner is actually the Utah Jazz new head coach because he will be celebrated for not winning games. <laughs> he, he can't lose. It's like... He's coming in, yeah. it's his first gig, he's going to be building relationships, they're not going to win games, and he's going to be heralded for it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. what a big winner. Keep Spider Mitchell. You've got to win some <laughs> games there, buddy. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, Quinn Snyder's just going to be wondering, uh, what? Well, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> Thank this goodness. Guy, yeah, this guy's not going to win much. And get, but it also get, you know, takes the pressure off. Um, <clears throat> like you said, 
Uh, they're going to lose some games. He'll get heralded for it, but it's not going to be the end of the world. He'll get a bit of a, a genuinely a bit of time to sit in the sit in the position and build up some relationships, as you say, and you know see how we go. He might even get a two year grace period of all right, go and coach what we've got. Mm. You know, actually delve deep into this and see how we go. Um, otherwise. Well, we've seen revolving doors of coaches before at different situations. So, yeah, gives him a chance to get situated first. All right. And, look, this is really good for Cleveland. That backcourt, whilst being a revolving door on defense, they will more than make up for that at the other end. Like, these are two guys that can handle the ball. They can play make for others. They can get their own shot. Um both on on the ball and off the ball, that backcourt is going to be exciting uh, offensively. Um, of, oh, I wouldn't say of course, but I I still don't think long term Spider is the centerpiece of this team. I think it's and I don't think it's Garland either. By the way, it's going to be Evan Mobley, I believe. I thought for a second that you were going to say Kevin Love. I was going to say, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think Mobley, like, he's young. One year. He's one year in. He looks legit. Um, all defensive considerations last year. Can play a bit of offense as well. I think he's the, the long-term centerpiece. I do think Donovan will be their best player this year. Don't get me wrong. Um, but this team... You know, what What that backcourt lacks in defense, you've got two of the best defensive bigs in the league sitting back there. All right? It's not It's not a cat and go bear where cat's good at rebounding, not necessarily defense. Um, go bear is obviously a lead of both. But Jared Allen and Mobley, both very competent defenders, both good rebounders. I mean, and they're in the East, so a Jared Allen, you're going to see him in late in playoff games mm. to go against the bigs of the East. Um, if they do reach the finals, eh, we'll see, because the West bigs, they do like to stretch the floor a lot. Um, you know, when you're coming up against teams like the Bucks or whatever, um, you, can have any, you can have your wing go and stand in front of Brooke Lopez in the corner, and you can have those two dudes under the hoop you know, trying to somewhat slow down uh, that Greek guy that's pretty good at basketball. Pretty good. Yeah, right. Um, still some big questions here. And, um, you know, as, as a 2K player myself, I, I love to do trades <laughs> with my team on 2K that aren't necessarily <laughs> realistic in real, in real life. But if I'm the Cavs, I'm looking at Levert, who was really underwhelming last season, and even Okoro, whilst he's you know, decent to really good defensively, pretty well the opposite at the other end. I'm going out and looking at a guy like like Harrison Barnes or an OG Ananobi, and I'm just thinking if I'm dangling these players and maybe a pick or two out there, if they've got any left, which they probably don't, um, Ananobi might be tough, but I'd definitely look at a guy like Harrison Barnes they can play that 3-4 defensive player, knows his role, can shoot threes. I think that would be a great addition on the wing for this team who, look, is now set up. Like, 
Donovan Mitchell is now their veteran at 26. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a team that's set up for sustained success, which brings me to the Jazz. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the words of Brian Windhorst, what is going on in Utah? Now, they mustn't have, you know, been enticed enough by the Knicks, weren't given enough draft compensation, I assume. We had the RJ Barrett announcement, the re-signing announcement, very close to this trade announcement. So I'd say it was a lot of last-minute stuff. But Well, I think the, uh, the Knicks basically gave, gave the Jazz Monday mm. as their deadline. And if you don't want to go ahead, we'll resign him for ourselves. But, I mean, did. they got three first unprotected first-round picks from Cleveland. I would prefer two from New York if I couldn't get three. This Cleveland team, when these picks are being conveyed, they could well – I'm not saying they will be. They could well be, though, one of the best teams in the league, especially the conference, which – Matters come draft time. So you're looking at, at best, early 20s. Don't try and convince me the Knicks are going to be that good in three, four, five years. They haven't been for 20. No, but... uh, They're not about to be. I think there was a lot of... um, Well, obviously, there's a a few things been thrown around around Danny Ainge, which, you know... Trader Danny. <laughs> I'm not to, like, you know, yes, he had 18 years at the Celtics. I'm, I'm not a diehard Danny fan. Um, but oh, you've also got to look at the Knicks franchise and their history. And, you know, yes, he was playing hardball against them because in these situations, they have a tendency to cave and just throw everything at situations. So why wouldn't you hold out for more? Especially if you knew that you know you could get something like this Cleveland Cavs deal over the line, but uh, yeah, you know the Knicks haven't been great for as you say twenty years and not looking like they're going to be next year really either. Well, and the Knicks just I don't know they must have just had their price and that was that because surely Utah got on the phone with them and said look. This is what Cleveland, you know, a competing young core in your conference is offering us. We're not bluffing. This is what they're offering. You need to beat it. And they, Nick's probably just said, oh, maybe you're bluffing or, or okay, we believe you, but we're not going to beat it. And so the Knicks, they're trying to build this young core around your Brunsons and your RJ Barretts. Uh, and they're nowhere close to this Cleveland team now. They're not in the same universe. And you look at the East, there was a graphic that came out this week. Um, there are nine teams where you go, holy smokes, that's a good team. Yep. One of them's going to miss out on the playoffs. Yep, that's the Knicks the are part. nowhere near that conversation. N- not, not close. Not uh, even remotely. You know, you're talking about a, a Toronto or, a, or an Atlanta that are going to miss out on the playoffs, <laughs> which is just wild. Yeah, it genuinely is. And the top nine teams are mental. Cleveland, I believe, you know, they're not in that top two or three team tier yet. They're in that one below it, though, in my opinion. They're right there. 
So whatever you have in tier two, um, for lack of a better term, that's where I now put Cleveland. And you'll see that reflected when we do our uh, previews in a few weeks. Or I might totally backflip, which I'm known for. That and, that and fence sitting. That and fence. <laughs> they might fence. be good, but they might not. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, just like his backflips. <clears throat> they're only metaphorical. They're not, they're not literal backflips. Oh, I can't even do them into the pool. They're so hard. <laughs> Way too much rotation on such a low center of gravity. <laughs> uh, um, so again, look, you've probably seen the graphic a thousand times now. Um, the Jazz have turned Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert into nine NBA players, um, including you know some decent ones in there like um, Vanderbilt. I think they'll keep um, Agbaji. Not sold on him, but a number 14 pick. Um, Walker Kessel was another first-round pick this year. Uh, obviously, Sexton. Talon Horton-Tucker, the most overrated, underrated, overrated again, young player in the league. Who Give, knows where he's going to be? Given on, given on, just given away. Yeah. Like, yeah. But more importantly, seven first-round picks, three first-round pick swaps. Um which, you know, if you're not sure about them, essentially if you, um, if you have a better record than the other team, um, they'll have a better draft position. So you say, okay, we're going to swap, um, which is unlikely to convey, but technically those pick swaps sit there. Um, so, look, this leaves some, you know, some people standing out like sore thumbs. All-star, Mike Conley. Uh, Bogdanovich, Rudy Gay, Jordan Clarkson. Three of those names we've heard in trade talks. Rudy Gay has not been mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, serviceable role player, uh, but, you know, a few injuries. He's getting old. Maybe he stays and just get, gets his bag. Well-deserved. Um, you can't help but think Conley and Bogdanovich and Clarkson, some combo of those three, two of them, mm. the Lakers could get. Oh, I've already seen for that point guard they're trying to get rid of. <laughs> yeah, well, I've already seen some uh, some fake stuff already around Conley. So you know, I mean, I don't, I don't hate Conley on the Lakers as a playmaker, but LeBron sort of still wants to be that guy. Jordan Clarkson, who obviously was a Laker, drafted by Lakers. Six man of the year from Utah. No reason he can't do it there. Let Pat Bev, the little, let the little bulldog start. You know, Clarkson off the bench. And Bogdanovich. Uh, just go stand in the corner and bomb away when it comes to you, mate. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, not, not like Russ does. Not no. like Russ does. But look, this, this could be, uh, this could be good for Utah as well if they explored this option. Um, you know, Get Russ, get one or both of those picks from the Lakers, which of course they're dangling out to Indiana as well um, with their role players there, Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, uh, who I think would fit better than any of those Utah guys, by the way. Uh, but I did see something today of there's genuine fears. If Russ went to Utah, he may find himself done out of league. Much the same, the Carmelo Anthony thing. 
We've seen this movie before. Uh, hopefully not, because at his best, he has always been, and to me, always will be one of the most exciting players to step on an NBA court. But he's just been torn down by the Lakers mm. for time and time again. Um, so I well, hope is he... That, he's that explosive kind of guy, and sometimes explosions go a little bit wrong. <laughs> you know, hence his, you know, mixtapes of just awful shots and different things that are out there and, you know, t- horrible turnovers and th- this, that and the other. But, you know, he's... Getting back to the Wizards. <sighs> <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Um, now, Mel, I was also playing around a little bit on the NBA trade machine, as I like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Just going back to those three players, Conley, Bogdanovich and Clarkson... Any two of those three is a combination. Obviously, different win shares, but approximately what I got from this, you're looking at a plus six win total for the Lakers and a minus eight win total for the Jazz. Perfect for both teams. Mm-hmm. So, you know, judging off the trade machine, explore those options. Yeah, why not? Get them out there. And let's face it, Lakers, the Lakers don't need their draft picks. They're, they're going to go, <laughs> what? What feels like five years since they're going to actually have used their own picks. It's uh, it's probably actually going to be more. Oh, like and been like shopping everything lately. If I'm these teams, Utah and Indy, and I don't know why Brooklyn said no, jump on these picks. Mm. There is every chance in 27 that they could be one of the worst teams in the league. LeBron, well gone. AD probably followed suit by then. They may be a powerhouse. They might draw other free agents. That's what their market does. That's what the franchise does. But they could also be the, you know, rest in peace, post-Kobe well, yeah. or end-of-Kobe career Lakers. Yeah, no one wanted, bottom feeders. really wanted to be a part of that because others, you know, everything was going on elsewhere mm. in that sense. But, yeah. Look. I'm jumping all over those picks for – for, you know, guys like Conley and Bogdanovich that I don't want on my team when I'm trying to lose. So mm-hmm. <laughs> take a swing on those picks if they get offered. You're just sending Russ home. It's it's a win-win. So that win shares is with Russ playing. I don't care what anyone says. You take Russ off that team, they'll be minus even more games. So anyway, um, over the next seven drafts, Utah and the Thunder have 15 first-round picks. Each. Nice. Some years it's one. Other years they have three each in the first round. That's currently. We're talking like 25, 26, 27. I mean, we hope we don't see a six-year rebuild, but who knows um, what it's all going to look like. I assume there'll be lots of dangling of those future picks in this upcoming draft. We'll wait and see. Oh, yes. Especially OKC, who look like they're genuinely – trying to to make a winning team they do and you know they've got a couple of really really good pieces um there that look like they're gonna uh, it'll just be that gelling factor i think of getting that to work uh better for them and then they'll be able to use what they've got their draft capital to then get some other role players and other pieces or even a, a blockbuster trade to get some you know an extra superstar in to go with what they've already built so, yeah, OKC could be 
could be very scary uh, over the next few years, depending on how, well, how injuries and other things go. All right. So, yeah, if anything else goes down between now and next week, all reports were once the KD and Donovan Mitchell sagas had come to a conclusion, there would be a bit of a domino effect. We've seen this all free agent team that people are floating out that they reckon, you know, could be put in Seattle and play right now. Uh, yeah, just pump the brakes on that. Um, but anyway, uh, we'll see. Hopefully some dominoes fall and uh, we'll have something to discuss. Otherwise... I'll be here to discuss NBA 2K23, which is dropping tomorrow as you listen on Friday. Pre-downloaded on my console, ready to go now. Can't wait, can't wait. Can't wait to uh, get frustrated with it in a couple of hours, uh, get my backside handed to me by uh, younger generations that are much better than me <laughs> at video games. And um, into uh, offline my league I go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But always love 2K. It's sort of a, you know, just a nice little hobby of mine. Um, so shout out to all the other digital ballers out there. Uh, looking forward to seeing you all in in the hood. And 2K players know what I mean. Yeah, I was more of a, always more of an inside drive kind of. That's still going, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, Kobe courtside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Let's come back home to the championships we love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As we said, oh, well and truly on the plane now, Mel. So thanks for joining us from the plane. But um, what what are you doing down in Melbourne and uh, what games are you going to be commentating over the next few days? Uh, well, the uh, on the Friday night, uh, looks like I'll be doing the, the North game. So the the Spartans, <coughs> Spartans v Townsville uh, women's game. And then over on the men's side, uh, looks like I'll be on the... Hobart, um, Hobart and Gold Coast Rollers Ooh. game as well. So a bit of NBL One North action, which very excited about. Very excited. Mm. Semi-final rematch mm-hmm. uh, between mm-hmm. the women's teams. That's going to be exciting. Yeah, definitely. And you know they've both <coughs> both had a little bit. Um, obviously, Spartans have had a bit more, but uh, yeah, just see what they can bring to the party. Um, and the good news on on you know. Yes, it would be nice to see the North teams play you know, other divisions. But, you know, the good news from this is at least we'll have a, a North um, a North team going through. Like one of the North teams has got to win, which is going to propel them into um, a higher next match. And then, then on the hopefully, if they can win through there, um, all going well, they'll uh, be playing for the, the full chip on Sunday. All right, so well, we look to forward to your um, reviews uh, next Thursday. Um, look forward to all your live uh, videos while you're there, which you're just finding out about now. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I look forward to watching those. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> just, some, uh, just a live interview with any goats you see around, you know. Um, oh. Mel promised that he would do that for all our listeners out there. So looking forward to that one. Um, yeah, mate. And we'll keep it moving before Mel says I anything. I don't think anyone wants to see me awkwardly try and stumble through. Oh, no, 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 no. Hello, LJ. You're correct. I do not want to see you at all. <laughs> <laughs> you are not the focus of that interview. <laughs> you, you're on one side of the camera. <laughs> it's not the one I'm looking at. Yeah. I'd love to, but I think LJ would probably be a little bit busy and there might be uh, – she might be a bit swamped, I think. 
Well, uh, just wear your ball, don't lie, Australia shirt. She'll understand. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, mate. That's a wrap on all things basketball. Uh, we'll be back next Thursday to you know wrap up anything else that's happened in the week, uh, along with the NBL One National Finals, of course. But we'll finish off with a couple of reg segs here. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. That works. I like that. Reg segs. Uh, anyway, uh, Crackham's Mel, and I'm sure after. You know, my great hints I gave you for that Dougie guy. Um, I'm sure there's some good ones coming my way for this pack of cards. Unlikely. Unlikely. <laughs> but you never know. You know, you never know. You like. <clears throat> All right. First card. <clears throat> Jammer. Uh-huh. All right. It did happen that one time, remember? <laughs> Boy, that was awesome. Yeah, and then you started doing that after. like. No, I think I did it before. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, remember, for those who don't know um, and playing at home, I'll read just the back of the card. We've, this week we've got a five-pack of NBA hoops from the last season, 21-22 oh, These season. ones again, they're hard. Yeah, I don't know. Well, after, after earlier, this is what I pulled out of the box for sure. Oh. Uh-huh. All right, here we go. I just read the back to Dan and to you guys at home, so uh, yell it out at your... <clears throat> whatever device you're listening on and DMs to us generally. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, so just the back. Here we go. Passing the buck is frowned upon. Passing to this buck's guard, however, is always a good decision. <laughs> Drew a- Holiday. Able to make the most of catch and shoot situations, somebody emerged as a strong complimentary scoring. Complimentary scoring option for Milwaukee and helped propel the team to its first NBL oh, title. Middleton? In 50 years in 2020-21 season. It's not Middleton. Okay, that's good. I was like, he's not a guard. You know what sucks about this the most? Mm-hmm. One of our regular DMers is a Bucks fan, uh-huh. so they're probably screaming this at me. Oh, yeah. Same initials as you, if it helps. I'm drawing an absolute blank here. Oh, must be tough. DD on the Bucks. What if I was to say Dougie? Did that help you? <laughs> it's not it's not, not meant to, but... Uh. <laughs> John Wall. Christopher Douglas Roberts. Remember that guy? Nah, mm. oh, mate. Dante... DiVincenzo, hey, of course. Hey, At the hey. Kings now, I think. Oh, sorry, Ant. That's did he was he really the one that elevated? <laughs> anyway, I have my doubts about that part, but um, I love the the opening line though, like of passing the buck and all that kind of yeah, stuff. That yeah, yeah. I went uh, to Drew good. Holiday, but obviously that's not the right one. Anyway, <laughs> good one, good one. Yep, it's a <coughs> start from me. Mm, mm. It's all up from here. Hopefully. <laughs> Well, at least or worst, you've got a second question. All right. During, oh, here we go. During the Grizzlies' 96-91 victory over the Bulls at the 2021 Summer League, somebody put up a dominant performance, notching a double-double, 13 points and 11 rebounds. Zaire Williams. I'm just getting used to the game and getting more comfortable knowing the guys. Xavier Tillman. Is it a grizz? It's a grizzly. That's what it says on the card. Okay. Rookie card. Xavier Tillman. Knowing the guys better, he said. It's step by step, but I still got got to learn a lot. 
And it's not Zaire Williams. Oh, who's that? Played for, uh, was it Loyola College? Is what's coming up in CAA? Yeah, it's, oh my God. Number seven for the Grizzlies, your team. Shocking performance. Your team. Number seven. This is killing me. I I said Zaire Williams because it's obviously a rookie, and now mm-hmm. I just can't unthink Zaire Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, keep it with me. Keep it with me. Keep it with me. Oh, um, think. oh Euro. Yep. Oh, I know it. It's a big. It's the big white Euro. Um, think, think Christmassy. Why can't I get his name? He got a really nice uh, reverse dunk against the Suns at the end of the season. Oh, did he? Um, and because and now I can't get Alperin Shengun out of my na- out of my head. <laughs> the Rockets uh, big guy. Yep. Do you happen to see the back of his jersey while he was doing that dunk? <sighs> I'd normally be all over it because he's like a bit of a cult hero. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because normally cult heroes are remembered. <laughs> by their name uh, <coughs> I know exactly who you're talking about I'm just blanking on names right now I can't get Shengun out of my head now What are the initials? S-A Oh yeah, Santiel Dharma There you go, there you oh, go. What an idiot <laughs> Well You're right Got one of my own team, took me a long time <laughs> Anywho Yep It's only up from here uh-huh. <laughs> Alright with the Lakers in 2020-21, somebody Wait, this had, is the season before the mm, card pack. Mm-hmm, had one of the best games against the Wizards facing them on February 22. He hit four – sorry, he hit four triples and finished with 21 points, traded to the nation's capital Kuzma. the following offseason. Caldwell Pope. Contavious Caldwell Pope. See, not too bad, not too bad, <laughs> not too bad. That was his outrageous game, 21 points, sick. Yeah, he hit four triples though. Yeah. He plays defense, I'll give him that. Uh. All right, next card, card number four, loaded with one of the best backcourts in basketball, Golden State has an easy decision when it picked at number two in 2020, mm. fortifying its front court. The team grabbed the top big man in the class. Very wise player. Allegedly. Just doesn't play a lot. (laughs) Versatile offensive force and a solid defender to boot. Somebody shined immediately with 19 points in his debut. Memphis University's very own James Wiseman. Mm -hmm. Correct, Amundo. All right, last card. Last card. Here we go. For the fourth time in fi- in a five-season span, somebody shot better than 45% from three-point distance. Seth Curry. Well done. Mm. All right. Well, two shockers and th- two all right and then one real quick. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Yep. Should have ended after two cards, frankly, but anyway. If, if you guys beat me on the first four, I'll believe you. I'm not, I'm not taking anyone beating me to Seth Curry. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. Well, you would literally have to be like me with John Moran and just say Seth Curry every time. <laughs> probably, probably. I bet Seth would have loved that you've 
beat him to say his name and yeah, you said his name first. And look, I'm I'm kind of a big deal when it comes to Crackham, the uh, Bordeaux Australia reigning champion. Just you know, kind of big deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely were tonight. We, we don't have anyone in the other seat. So thank goodness <laughs> that was a rough start. But as I said, it was all up from there, and it was just like Barney Stinson's hype mix, all up. <laughs> so I'm doing my annual uh, rerun of How I Met Your Mother right now. So fair enough. Yeah, that. That episode, New Year's, I think it's in season one somewhere, pretty early in the piece. Cool. So iconic one everyone will remember. Mm, mm. Not like the scuba dive or anything. <laughs> oh, oh, the playbook. <laughs> that show, yeah. I, I think it's lucky that it gets reruns. Like, yeah. It would not be released into the wild in this day and age. You would not think so. You would not think so. Uh, boy, but- do I love it. <laughs> Guilty pleasure when you got that 20 minutes of eyes open left at, at night time. Yeah, that must be nice. (laughs) All right. Before we get out of here, folks, um, we're going to talk more about how I met... No. Uh, Machinations of Mel. Mm -hmm. What do we got for this week, mate? Well, um, this one this week is for... It's for co-hosts. It's for... Oh, thank you. Yep. It's, you know, it's just kind of for the world and everyone, anyone who, anyone and everyone who needs to hear it. Build um, me up and break me down. You made me feel like this was personal and you said literally for anyone in the world. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Cool. Uh, it'll circle back to you, don't worry. I, I am someone in the world. Mm-hmm. Exactly, you are. See, it circled back. Um, I was at on uh, Sunday, for those who aren't aware, it was Father's Day and you know, I, I got treated to a 30-minute extra sleep-in, which was magical. Um, and then my little one came in <coughs> with my lovely wife and there was, you know, presents and things and this that and the other and i quickly realized that even though it was father's day um it wasn't and even the gifts were being given to me that that moment actually wasn't really about me it Mm. was it was all about the the little one and Mm -hmm. those sorts of things and i was like that's okay cool no big deal not everything is about me and uh yeah, so for anyone out there who needs to hear it, co-hosts, you know, like, it's not always about <laughs> you. Um, you know, let other people have their moment, let them have their minute, whatever it is. You know, sometimes it's nice just to step aside and just remember, it's not always about you. Nah, look, as corny as it sounds, like most of you should know, uh, I'm a dad as well. My, my kid's nearly two, so not quite old enough to really know what's going on, but just that moment being handed a, a gift, a, a fresh, beautiful Picasso painting from daycare. Uh, <laughs> it's just a work of art. Um, but to see her little face light up and, you know, say she loves me and big cuddle and, you know, that, that's really the gift for me. I know it sounds corny, but... When you see your kid's face light up, that's that's the gift. That's the gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just thought I'd finish on something nice after Mal told literally everyone in the world it's not about you. Um, I'd made it all about me <laughs> and how good I feel when my kid smiles. Yeah, which is kind of the point I was going for <laughs> and you missed it, which is... <laughs> on, on brand. <laughs> Welcome to Ball Don't Lie Australia, everybody. <laughs> I... Uh, try to understand your points all the time and I'm still waiting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anywho, anywho. All right, folks. 
Thanks so much well, for joining us. Sorry, yep. Matt. Before I sideline you, uh, let's just throw in one more Ooh, tag. sidelined me? Yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah. Uh, don't forget to get around sidelined. Um, it, uh, yeah, it, it looks really amazing. Can't wait for it. Be dropping on SBS and, yeah, four-part documentary on demand. Should be absolutely amazing. Thank you again to Adam McKay and Izzy Wright for jumping on to have a bit of a chat about it. Getting closer to the big hundo, but we'll be back. Hopefully next Thursday. Keep your eyes and ears peeled on the socials. Follow us on there if you haven't already. Facebook, Instagram, wherever you get your wonderful podcast from. And we will catch you next week. But just remember, till then, that ball don't lie, baby. It never does, baby. <laughs>